How would you define 81? The beginning of possibilities. Part of the evolution of queer rights in this city, in this country, on this continent, in the world, because some people stood up and said, fuck you. As a female of this type, I don't give a fuck if you like me or approve of me or think I'm real or when people used to say, well, you're very real. And I would go, well, I'm a bit surreal. I prefer that. Joining me on Moving Radio today is Dave Rodden Short, the director, screenwriter, and cinematographer for the documentary film, The Empress of Vancouver. You can catch the Alberta premiere of The Empress of Vancouver as part of Cuff Docs. You see it at the Globe Cinema in person in Calgary on Saturday, November 26th at 7 p.m. And as an added bonus, not only do you get this fantastic documentary film, but you get Dave Rodden Short, who will also be in attendance at the screening for a post Q&A. Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hey, great to have you. Uh, this is an excellent piece of documentary filmmaking because I felt like not only did it tell me about someone, uh, it gave me some historical context. It gave me a, the behind the scenes of a scene that I didn't know that much about necessarily. So it hits a lot of markers here. The Empress of Vancouver is kind of this cinematic and intimate collision of drag queer history and performance art that follows trans icon Olive Howe as she prepares for the 40th anniversary of her coronation as the Empress of Vancouver, <laughs> or I guess at that, that time it was the Empress of BC, I think. So maybe can you help fill in the audience for some that may not be aware of maybe where the scenes of this film start and, uh, and Olive as a person too, who is she? So the seeds of the film, I guess where to begin, I think I should begin with meeting Olive for the first time. Uh, we were working on a project at my company, Lantern Films. It was another project. And someone had told me that I should reach out to Olive if I want to know anything about the bar scene in Vancouver in the 80s or even earlier. I reached out to Olive and I met her at a cafe. She was there with her friend, Davy Dave, who's also in the film. I was just kind of blown away because I, I realized I was in the presence of someone quite unique, one of a kind person. I thought she was funny. And I also was really impressed with her ability to recall the past in detail. And so I went back to my office and I told my business partner, Jessica Hallenbach, I was like, I think that I met someone who might be a great subject for a feature film. The next thing we had to figure out was, is there enough archival material out there to support a film about 1981 because short of using animation for that entire time period, we wanted to actually kind of recreate it. And the only way to do that effectively we thought was with archival material. So the more we dug, the more we realized, yes, there is enough archival material. So that's kind of the seed of the film. In terms of Olive as a person, which I've touched on, she's just a one of a kind person. And 
there's lots of things I admire about Olive and she would hate it if I kind of put her on a pedestal. <laughs> so I won't do that. But I will say that the thing that I, one of the things I appreciate most is just what an authentic person she is. So she just says it how it is. And I think sometimes she's paid, paid the price for that. But I also think it's a very admirable quality. Yeah, what I love about this film, The Empress of Vancouver, is it's also kind of a not just necessarily a, a look at at her life, because I think that would be honestly fascinating enough as is. So one of the beautiful things about this film, Dave, is that uh, there's so many layers. It's the journey through the history of LGBTQ plus rights uh, and recognition in Canada. Uh, a loving tribute to those people that were lost uh, during the AIDS epidemic. So maybe can you talk to us a little bit more about those other different and really incredible layers that make it more than just a biopic uh, about Olive, although, uh, you know, she deserves it. So maybe that's another project in the making. I don't know. No, you're absolutely right. It's not just a biopic. And I think watching the film, the first maybe 20 minutes, a lot of people will think, oh, okay, this is kind of your standard biodoc. Uh, still very entertaining, but then it kind of veers off into the past and it becomes more of a history lesson or a historical doc. And then suddenly there's a performance, like a drag performance. And like you said, we broke the fourth wall. So we're showing that we're filming the drag performance. So that's why we call it a genre bending documentary because it's not doesn't really fit neatly into any category. And I think that's what makes it such an entertaining film. And Olive made it really clear, don't make a film that's like a trauma film, a trauma documentary. I want it to be something fun that people enjoy, that's entertaining. And that's really how she has uh, experienced life. Uh, you know, she has had a lot of challenges in her life, but the way she copes with it is to find humor in things. Uh, so yeah, it is a really unique documentary and it was very challenging to edit for that reason. Uh, but I'm, yeah, I think we managed to get it, all the pieces to fit together. Just quickly, I'll say like what kind of the objective was, was not just to tell a story about Olive, but to look at history through her eyes because I mean, I don't really think there's such a thing as an objective history to begin with. It's really just how people experience it. So looking at history through Olive's eyes, I think reveals all the all these things about queer history that you wouldn't know otherwise. Uh, joining us on Moving Radio today is our guest, Dave Rodden Short. He's the director of the film, The Empress of Vancouver. Uh, we're talking about that documentary today because it's part of Cuff Docs in Calgary. You can see it at the Globe Cinema in person on Saturday, November 26th at 7 p.m., where Dave Rodden Short will also be in attendance with the film for a Q&A after the screening. So one of the things you also were discussing about is like, okay, so how do we put this all together? Because it seems like you were coming from the point of view of as much as we could follow Aleve and it could be just a storytelling uh, vehicle in some ways for herself 
and the experiences she's had, you use that archival footage, a lot of the news footage that I think is so much more powerful when you see some of those scenes, particularly with, you know, the protests and some of the incredibly angry people in those crowds. And, and even some of it, I wasn't sure specifically it was from Edmonton, but I know you mentioned it, right? And just this process of working through the photos, so many amazing photos as well, not necessarily just candid stuff, but like photography shoots as well like just all kind of came together so beautifully even with the pieces of animation which i love the uh the sewing needle going down through times square i was just like oh my god this is so fantastic i loved all those elements so how do you know how to weigh when you're going to use one element over another so that it it weaves together almost kind of like you know an evenly uh, mapped out mosaic as opposed to like feeling like you've got too much of one thing or the other. How do you make those choices? That was the challenge of making this film. Fortunately, I had people helping me, like more experienced filmmakers. This is my first feature. Uh, we had a story consultant, multiple story consultants help out with the, with the structure of the film. And then Jessica Hallenbach and Han them we all work together we basically put sticky notes on a wall with all the different scenes and what we were trying to communicate and then we had to organize it and that wall changed multiple times it certainly was not the easiest first feature to make for the reason that you're describing where how do you make all these pieces fit together but when it comes to deciding do you use archival or animation or just a talking head? It really comes down to what's capturing um, the essence of the scene. What is the best way of communicating the idea? Um, generally, I prefer to use archival because like, it takes you back to that moment. Like I could tell you that it was really homophobic in 1981 in Canada. But all I have to do is show you a 10 second clip of people, you know, using homophobic slurs and chanting, you know, go away. Um, and, you know, you can see how bad it was or that city council meeting around the proclamation of a gay pride parade in Vancouver, where openly displaying homophobia, these are elected officials in Vancouver, a progressive city, and it's people are often shocked by how uh, freely they displayed their homophobia in that in that context. So archival is very powerful because I, you know, I can tell you that it was bad, but showing you in just a few seconds is so much more powerful. Absolutely. I mean, there are some kind of gut wrenching moments there that I think because it hasn't really been explored on mass through, you know, media in Canada that, you know, a lot of those things kind of get swept under the rug, not because nobody acknowledges it or wanted to. It's just, you know, we're not making those kind of films or we're not focusing a lot of, you know, whether it be documentary focused products on on that sometimes. And I feel like. I don't know if it's become a matter of just having to acknowledge things that have happened and embrace it 
or if it's become that it's hard to deny that drag or even just queer culture has started to become part of popular culture in a way that maybe Aleve and anybody else in 1981 would have never imagined, right? Although I still feel like it took way too long. (laughs) So when you look at something like this, do you feel like there's a wait for you too? Because we just talked about, you know, the fact that this is your first documentary feature. There's a wait of not only telling one person's story, but a community story. And then even on a broader retrospect, in some ways, uh, a national story about this. Talk to us about dealing with the pressure of that as well. Yeah, I mean, I definitely felt pressure number one to leave to represent her in a way that she would feel is respectful or accurate I think she was smart to kind of stay out of the process she didn't want to see rough cuts she didn't want to have feedback because she knew it would be it would open like Pandora's box and she would probably want to control a lot of the film So I think that was very uh, smart on her part, but in terms of like community pressure, absolutely. And I kind of accepted early on that there would be people from that time period that would say, oh, but what about this? You missed this detail, or that's not exactly how it happened. And the way that I kind of rationalized it or made myself okay with not, it not being perfect, is that I'm looking at it from, it's like looking at the earth from the moon. I'm looking at something from a distance. I was not there. The other kind of metaphor that I've used is it's a portrait, like a painting of something. So it's not the thing that I'm representing. It's a representation of it. So that that's one way of kind of coping, I guess, with the stress and the pressure of honoring these people's stories, which Ultimately, that's my objective. But I will say the film screened at the opening gala at the Vancouver Queer Film Festival, and it was a sold out show. And there were so many people from that time period that came out, people got dressed up. And so many people came up after and said they felt like the film, you know, honored their history and particularly around the AIDS uh, segment, it resonated. And so that that's a huge honor. I'm sure there are some people who are like quietly not happy, but they're probably just trying to be supportive of a queer filmmaker. That's kind of how I cope with it. But it's a good question because it is certainly something that I struggled with. Yeah, and understandably so, um, because you do feel that sense of responsibility anytime you're just telling one story, but to tell a much larger one makes it harder. You know, you've had experience with short films, obviously, for the last few years. And you talked about this being your first feature as well. What do you think you learned from the experience of being a short filmmaker that you felt like were valuable lessons or valuable things that you wanted to put forward uh, in this documentary? I don't think I could have made this film without first having done short films and a lot of short films. Like Lantern Films is the company that I co-own. We've made hundreds of short films when you look at a feature-length film in a way it's a collection of short films scenes that are pieced together to make a larger story it becomes more complicated because you have threads that have to weave in and out in a way that you don't have to deal with with short films but and then there's all the technical skills that are that definitely are transferable like 
cinematography, editing, use of music. So all those kind of practical technical skills were completely transferable. The only kind of new challenge was that larger structure component. Yeah, you talked a little bit about Lantern Films. Maybe let's let people know uh, if they want to check out your stuff, Dave, or some other things. Uh, how do they get connected with Lantern Films or maybe learn a little bit more about the Empress of Vancouver? Uh, so you can go to our website, lanternfilms.ca, and we have all of our films listed on there with visuals and trailers. So you can see, uh, learn more about Lantern, about uh, Empress of Vancouver or about the other films that we uh, have worked on or are working on. We have two features right now in production. Oh, all right. Do you want to do some shameless plugging or like, I got to keep <laughs> it tight lipped? Got to be tight lipped. One of them is called Nachaco, which I'm really excited about directed by Liana Patrick and it will also have some animation in it which I'm quite excited about uh, so that's in the works right now all right there we go Dave is not somebody who sleeps this work <laughs> is endless the travel is happening you know what if you want to see this film Dave Rodden shorts film the Empress of Vancouver you can check out the Alberta premiere as part of Cuff Docs and you can see it more specifically in person at the Globe Cinema on Saturday, November 26th, as part of Cuff Docs. Once again, uh, Dave Rodden will be there at the uh, screening. Dave, uh, let's say people are hearing this. They're either too late. Uh, they couldn't get a chance to see it. What is maybe the potential for people being able to, in the next few months, check out The Empress of Vancouver if they miss the screening? That's a good question, and I don't exactly know the answer. Because right now we're working on a distribution deal with Level Film. We have yet to work out the details. I'm hoping that we sign it soon and that it will end up in a theater in Edmonton um, and Calgary and other Canadian cities. So fingers crossed. But that's at this point, that's the only detail I have. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really excited to come to Calgary because I uh, spent some time growing up there. So I haven't been back in a very long time. So I'm going to check out where I grew up and, and visit some of the sites that I went to as a kid. All right. Fantastic. It'll be a, a trip through time. And also insider information for moving radio listeners. Look, distribution is huge for films at this level. So uh, that's why you want to catch these things early. Right. You want to catch them on festival circuit runs. So you're kind of ahead of the game in some ways. Uh, but then also it's that that first opportunity for you to see it before. Hopefully you sign with a much larger company and uh, and then they can find it on several platforms or in theaters as well. So uh, make sure you follow them on social media. That's important. And then you can keep uh, a heads up on all that stuff. Dave, thank you so much for the time. Honestly, thank you so much for the film. What a beautiful story. I know several films that I, or several friends already that I was like, oh, I got to share this with you when we can. I'm like, you you need to check this out or we're going to find it when you're ready to check this out and we can check it out in Edmonton, hopefully. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you for your time, Dave.